Hello and welcome to this episode on Season 2 of Building Digital Community. I'm your host, Chirag Sheth, and I'm a first-year MBA student at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Building a sense of community during this global pandemic has been a challenge for everyone. In a world where we can't meet face-to-face, it has definitely been harder to start and build new relationships with people. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. Building digital community is all about diving deeper into a person's story with the goal of building genuine relationships and a stronger community in a world where we're all going digital. Make sure to follow us at Building Digital Community on Instagram or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at ChiragShath24. Thanks for listening and let's get going. On this episode of the podcast, we're welcoming Vivian Sade. Vivian is a first-year MBA student at the DeGroote School of Business. During her undergraduate degree, Vivian studied criminology and philosophy with the hopes of becoming a lawyer. However, in her third year, she found her passion in marketing and hasn't looked back since. Vivian enjoys using her creativity to help brands tell their story. During her spare time, Vivian enjoys reading, playing with her dog, and volunteering in various organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Vivian, and let's get going. Hey, Vivian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I'm happy that uh, we can finally have you on the podcast. It's nice because, you know, we were just chatting, but we're actually working together in a group this semester. But I feel like this is going to be one of the first times we actually get to sit down and have a chat that's not about marketing or finance (laughs) or accounting or any of those. So I'm really excited. Yes, likewise. Awesome. So as you know, um, as a loyal fan of the podcast, uh, we like to kick things off with some rapid fire questions. So I've got about four or five for you. Uh, you ready to go? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. All right. So first up, I know you love to read. So this might be a tough question to answer, but if you have to recommend one book for all of the listeners of this podcast to go out and read right away, uh, what would it be? Oh, one book, uh, the sun does shine. Okay. I haven't heard about it. Tell me about it. Uh, so it's about, uh, someone who was wrongfully convicted, um, in the United States who served up to 30 years in prison and his story about how he kept his faith. And then eventually, um, a lawyer believed his case and escalated it to the Supreme court. And he got, um, like let go out of prison and now he's living his life and trying to inspire others and, and making sure that no one else goes through uh, an experience that he went through. And I think that was the one book I'm pretty sure I cried every chapter reading oh, wow. and I still think of it to this day. So I think that that one I'd recommend. Okay. I'll add, I feel like I need to get a reading list or like a book list uh, from you afterward on this podcast. Um, so I will definitely be coming to you for some more book recommendations. Yes, please do. Um, Who is one musical artist that you're excited to see live once, you know, we're able to kind of do concerts and all that again? So I've been to so many concerts. I love, I love music. I think the one artist I haven't seen live that I would love to go to a show if he were to ever come is Eminem. Old school Eminem was my favorite. Um, current times like present times uh, I have tickets to the weekend so that's the one I'm really looking forward to very cool how did you like that halftime show it was I thought it was great I thought like for for like 
the state of the world that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. the reason why he didn't do as much like a drastic Super Bowl performance in the past was because we were in a pandemic and I thought it was a great performance. 100% people were uh I think a bit too harsh about the performance like you realize we're in the middle of a pandemic right that's that's like way more than I was expecting the halftime show to be so yeah and you um, can't compare him to J-Lo and Shakira year before because it was a completely different world that we were in like you know what I mean like for sure 100 I'm glad we're on the same page about uh about the weekend so that's good (laughs) um Tim Hortons or Starbucks uh, as I drink my Starbucks, <laughs> um, for anything cold, um, I, uh, for anything cold Starbucks for anything hot, like coffee quality taste Tim Hortons. Okay. Interesting. What's your go-to order at each of them? Uh, just start, uh, Starbucks. I would go with, um, an iced caramel macchiato, um, at Tim Hortons, just a dark roast regular. Okay. Nice classic Starbucks. To be honest, Starbucks just confuses me. Um, the, we, well, we, I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, after the podcast as well, but I just get so confused by like Starbucks sizes and what's actually on their menu. Cause like I go there and not everything's like visible, um, on like the, the physical menu. So I'm like, I have no idea what to get. People are saying drinks that like, I don't even know exist. And I just, I don't know where, where to start. So I find Starbucks super intimidating, but with that said, I do think it's very tasty and I like it a lot. So I just never One know what to get. Hacks is on TikTok. There's always people raving about drinks. So I still okay. grab them. And like the one I'm drinking right now is a uh, venti iced green tea latte with two pumps chai. Ooh. So good. But I wouldn't have ordered this if it wasn't for TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is the go-to place for inspiration these days. I feel it like. is. So. It's definitely better than Instagram, in my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, I download. I think I downloaded TikTok right at the start of this pandemic, and I have not gone back since. Like it is, I, I spend way too much time on TikTok. Um, I don't know any dances yet, but I don't know. Maybe one day I'll start learning those. <laughs> maybe one day when we're in RJC, we can we can do an yeah. NBA uh, TikTok dance. When we meet up with our B650 group, we'll yes. uh, we'll do a little icebreaker where we all just learn a TikTok dance. Yes, into that. <laughs> I would love to see Andrew doing a TikTok dance. I think uh, I think I could. That would be fun. Yes, I think so. Andrew, if you're listening, you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Last question before we kind of, or last rapid fire question. What is your go-to breakfast food? Mm, Eggs Benedict. Ooh. Okay. Nice. Uh, With caramel bacon. So good. Okay. Very nice. With There has to be potatoes. Okay. What kind of pet, like hash browns, home fries. Um, There's a difference, which I feel like many, a lot of people don't know, but what's, what's the go-to? honestly anything that you can put a little bit of ketchup on and yeah. you can dip into the egg like while you're any anything I'm open okay so I'm are you a so when you have your eggs I'm thinking scrambled eggs you I don't know if you do you could maybe do this with eggs benedict but scrambled eggs with ketchup first of all are you putting ketchup on your scrambled eggs no, and if you are are you like squirting it all over no I okay, have good. to have them on the side like I'm not good. a serial killer to like put yeah. it on my top. perfect all right, we can continue with this podcast then and we we don't have to stop recording, right? <laughs> so we're good. Perfect. <laughs> um, awesome. So there, that kind of ends the rapid fire. Um, so the ice has like officially been broken, I guess. I feel like that's a really lame thing to say, but I said it anyway, so here we are. Uh, <laughs> so to kind of get things started with the rest of the podcast, just you know, tell us a little bit more about you and your journey and kind of what brought you here today. Sure. So 
Um, I went to the University of Ottawa and I did a double major in criminology and philosophy in the hopes of becoming a lawyer. So that was like my original plan. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out the way I'd planned. Um, but fortunately, on the other hand, um, I really enjoyed like communications and marketing in undergrad. And so right after undergrad, I did a one-year certificate at Sheridan in public relations, corporate communications, and then started working. And I had a mentor who, um, who believed in me and said, you know, like you're, you're great in these aspects, but you do need that business training. And so I, I knew from then like an MBA was in my five-year plan, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't until COVID where I was like, okay, maybe I can put this, like, maybe I can start my MBA in the fall. And, and really it was because of the time spent at home to really like reflect on my goals that I decided to uh, start an MBA and apply uh, last year. Um, it was always in my five year, but it wasn't like, I, if you were to ask me in 2019, if I thought that I would be starting a year later in mm -hmm. an MBA class, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, that's, I feel like a, it's a similar experience to me because I always knew I wanted to do an MBA, but just mm -hmm. timing, I never knew kind of what was the right time. Like I was at a point in my career where I felt like I was still growing, like I was um, learning a lot. And then I feel like COVID just changed plans for so many of us. Um, and I think it forced a lot of us to kind of pivot what our, what our plan was and maybe accelerate some of those things that were in our five-year plan. Yeah. So walk me through a little bit more of like that process and like the decision to kind of start the MBA and just kind of what that whole experience looked like. Yeah. So I was working from home. I was working in marketing at an insurance company um, mm -hmm. last year, this time, and I had just started the role. So I started like January 20th, I think. And then we were working remote as of March. And I think it was in April or end of March where I like just stumbled upon DeGroote's open house online about the MBA program. Mm -hmm. And I registered and sat in on the session like the next day. And I remember them saying, oh, like because of COVID, we're making um, like your GMAT is going to be required, but it's not going to be mandatory like to get accepted. So I said, right. oh, okay, maybe I'll apply. And I kind of like put it in my head and then sent in my application a couple of weeks later and then was started studying for my GMAT uh, to write it later on in the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got accepted, honestly, I was so happy. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know this is like the decision for me um, to, cause I knew like down the line, like in the next like five years, the MBA would definitely help accelerate me to get yeah. into the management role. Um, and I always knew I wanted marketing. I think I just wanted to pivot sectors and I thought getting right. an MBA would be really helpful and make that pivot easier. Okay. Very interesting. And you touched on earlier, kind of, well, when you were in your undergrad, your, your focus was on kind of becoming a lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit more about kind of what maybe caused that pivot or like, how did you, I guess, make that decision to uh, transfer away from a focus on law to more towards kind of the business side of things? So I think I really, I admire lawyers. I admire the law. I think it's very interesting. And that's why actually after um, last two years ago in 2019, um, I was, you know, in a career um, and I was feeling kind of stuck and I wanted to, uh, you know, challenge myself. So I ended up mm -hmm. doing an undergraduate certificate in law through the Queen's Faculty of Law. Like I just right. took four courses because I was like, you know, maybe I have, I shouldn't give up on this dream, but I think ultimately I really like people. I really like public speaking. I like branding. I like being creative. Mm -hmm. um, 
I like marketing. I like storytelling. And I think with law, it was more like research and writing. And that's not something that I'm that passionate about. Um, so for me, it just seemed like an easy switch to yeah. pivot, to go to do an MBA. Um, but, you know, I have never really looked back since I made that choice. And I feel very fortunate that I'm in the yeah. class that I'm in and in the year that I'm in. For sure. So you, you touched on kind of the focus on marketing and how you really love kind of that creative aspect of it. Um, obviously marketing is, it's such a huge and broad category. Where do you see yourself kind of within the realm of marketing, uh, post MBA? Um, I would say branding, like yeah. brand management. Um, I had a really great experience in the insurance industry, working alongside one of my colleagues who was a graphic designer. And, mm-hmm. um, I learned a lot about branding through her and that's something, I really enjoy and I like the creativity that goes behind the strategy behind a strong brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned, you know, I got an experience in like illustrator and design and I really feel like I refined my like graphic skills. Um, so I would say like, I would focus on that segment more. And I also like writing. Uh, so even like thought leadership and marketing pieces like that is something I really enjoy doing. Yeah, for sure. How do you, I guess, I feel like, um, how do you flex those creative muscles these days? Cause I feel like, you know, when we're so, uh, so entrenched in just like the, the day-to-day of the MBA, I feel like it's really important to kind of take a step back and still kind of do those other things and, and flex kind of those creative muscles a little bit more. So what do you do, I guess, to, to, to do that a little bit? Um, I'm really into bullet journaling. Okay. Um, so I, I try to be as creative with my pages as I can while making it like productive on yeah. you know, seeing the, like my goals for the week, for the month, my brother and I are actually working to start a, a business that takes on the creative side. Um, okay. uh, it's a creative business. I don't want to spill the tea just yet, but yeah, you'll yeah. be the first <laughs> to know once it's up and running. So a lot of behind the scenes on like designing a logo, designing a website, cool. um, making like a mock-up for various products that we're going to sell. So I try to express it that way. Um, and to be honest, I try to make TikToks. Like I'll try to record some aspects of my day, but yeah. I never post them. But I think it's fun looking back to, to see like, you know, the one random day in February that you had such a great day and it was all documented. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's fun. So those are some of the ways where I, I try to get my creativity out. Nice. That's awesome. I feel like it's super important just to, you know, whatever that creative aspect is for someone, just find a way to kind of express that a little bit more. Like it's, I don't know, this, this whole term is too long just to be focused on finance and accounting and, you know, all those more technical things for, uh, for two years. Um, so whatever kind of that looks like, um, I think it's super important to flex those creative muscles as much as we can. Yeah, definitely. Especially because I'm not the strongest in those two subjects. Mm-hmm. So they really do like burn me out when I'm studying for them yeah. for a while. So it's nice to have those outlets, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I feel like honestly, like just doing those more creative things, I think that helps you in kind of the coursework as well. Cause it just, it, you know, it, it helps you just think about problems in a different way. Like it, we were talking about creativity this week in class. And I think a lot of times when people, you know, if, if someone asks, are you creative? You think about like, oh, I'm not like a musician or I'm not like an artist or, or something like that. And that's kind of how they, they think about creativity, but it's, it's, I think it's really just about how you approach problems and, and trying to approach problems in a, in a new and innovative way. Um, and I think that can definitely be applied to like the world of finance and marketing and accounting and all the courses that we're taking right now. Um, so yeah, I think that's just super interesting that I think sometimes when we think about creativity, um, 
it's it's kind of weird to say, but we put the the word creativity in its own box. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, only the artists are creative or only the musicians are creative or, you know, the actors, whatever it is. But it's, it's just so much bigger than all of that. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. Um, so we've, we've been, I guess we're, we're getting close to the year point in this MBA. We're almost, well, we're about six months in, we're almost, we're close to done our first year. Um, so walk me through kind of what the MBA experience has been like so far, what have been, you know, some of the biggest learnings for you, some of the challenges along the way. Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest challenge has been time time management. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's been something that I've struggled with. I feel like there's no time where I've shut off my brain entirely other than Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I find that that takes a toll on your day to day almost. So I'm learning, I'm trying this semester to at least prioritize taking a step back from the studies. Yeah. I know it's really hard, especially like when you look at our week this week and the upcoming one. Um, so I think that's a biggest challenge on a personal level, like really taking those core statistics economics, finance and accounting classes, Mm -hmm. when you're not a like from a quantitative background, I think that's become a challenge. Um, But, and obviously working with people that you've, you know, from diverse backgrounds and different time zones, that's also um, been a little bit of a challenge. I wouldn't say that one is like too difficult, but it is something that affected us first semester uh, when we were in our learning groups. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, uh, managing kind of all the, all the time zones and the diversity of the program. I think, yeah, it can, it can be a challenge, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the beautiful things that I think a lot of us love about the MBA program as well. Um, so I think definitely well worth the, the sometimes early mornings or late nights to, yeah. uh, to manage that. Yeah, we did have a very, like our learning group was very um, understanding and like mm-hmm. everyone made sacrifices. So it wasn't, uh, too big of an issue, but, sure. um, I think like some of our classes this semester starting super early, like it's yeah. just an adjustment for, for me at least. <laughs> Definitely the 7am lectures or the 8.30pm lectures are, mm-hmm. uh, they're not the easiest, but yeah, they're not, <laughs> uh, you, you just, you do what you got to do, I guess, yeah. to, to get through. So, um, so that was kind of some of the learnings. What, what's maybe some, what are, what's one of the things you're most excited about? um about the next kind of year and a half or about kind of the whole MBA journey yeah I'm really excited to meet everyone in person to be honest um uh I know a a member from my learning group is actually coming to Canada in April and I'm very excited to like take him out in the city and like hopefully Mm -hmm. I mean obviously with COVID restrictions in place like hopefully when they're lifted um to meet them in person I'm excited for the courses to be Mm -hmm. honest in upper years there's a lot of great courses that DeGroote offers so I'm excited to take take those. Um, and really just to continue to get to know everyone in the program, um, in the new position that I'm in as the DL uh, program coordinator, I think it's awesome because I get to connect with individuals who I might not otherwise not have had the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. So some upper years, so I'm really excited to, you know, uh, grow those relationships and get to know others on a personal level. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned kind of the, the digital, kind of experience that we're all kind of going through right now. And obviously it's, it's not the easiest. Um, what has been maybe one of the challenges about just doing this whole thing remotely? And do you have any, I guess, maybe tips of how you've kind of managed the whole online environment um, that have been, you know, really helpful for you? Yeah, I think the challenge is obviously Zoom fatigue. Yeah. Um, it, it's really hard for me to stay engaged during 
like the entire lecture for certain like Mm -hmm. um, in any class because you're so distracted by the internet or like by your phone and you know you're not there face to face so that's been a challenge um I think my biggest tips would be one separate your room from your work if you can so I used to always take my work into my room at night and I that stressed me out a lot and it affected my sleep so we set up an office for me um a couple months ago so I found that really helpful um to just like take time for yourself every day right before bed so for me that's like reading for 10 minutes before I sleep um that's not school related Mm -hmm. that's really helped and then just get up and stretch every time professors give you five to 10 minutes in class like whether that's like getting a coffee or water or even just like petting your dog like get out of this that you're in that's been really um, helpful for me yeah that's awesome um I think 100% just those those barriers and kind of separating the MBA life from the rest of your life is is super important especially this whole virtual thing we're on zoom calls for so many hours out of the day so just taking a step back from all of that and kind of managing your own mental health and just getting a, a, a break from all of that is super important I think to just maintain that balance yeah for sure I think it's 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 almost like the like work-life balance like yeah. I don't think that that's I think when you're a student you just have to learn how to do that in harmony like you're not going to mm-hmm. really have the division as much as you perhaps would like yeah um so for me, that was really making those adjustments that I mentioned earlier, and they've really helped like sure. this semester at least. Yeah. And I think that's, I honestly think that's something we figure out over time as we kind of like go throughout the MBA. Like in the first semester, just so much different stuff was happening. Like I did not manage my mental health as, as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think was one of my biggest learnings um, throughout the first semester. But I think as you go on, like, I don't think it gets easier by any means, like the, the coursework definitely doesn't get easier, but I feel like you just get better at maybe dealing with it as you go on. Like you learn how to manage your time better. You learn how to do all these things and better take care of your like mental health while you're going through a full semester of courses. Um, So I think it's one of those things that it's the first semester I've, I've heard from many upper year students is, is often the toughest. Um, And then going on from there, you, you kind of just figure out, figure it out a little bit more as you go. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to us figuring it out as we hundred percent. I don't think I've, I've fully figured it out yet, but I'm, I'm in a better place now than I was uh, back in September. So I think yeah. that's good. Agreed. Agreed. And I think like we, it's like nice knowing that we've already have four months under our belt yeah. and we survived it. And the feeling like, I'll never forget that feeling um, after we submitted our take home for 1602 yeah. and a, a few people a few students I think there was like 25 of us got on like a zoom call after and everyone just like did a sign of relief and I'm like yeah. I'm just holding on to that for the summer so. yeah oh we'll do another one of those uh and at the end of April when <laughs> when we're done this semester for sure yeah um so that kind of brings us to to our charity break so as you know on this season of the podcast every episode we're uh featuring one charity um that's important to our our guest um, just to raise some more awareness, I think, about some of these causes. Um, and a lot of these charities, I feel like, are struggling right now, especially with uh, with COVID going on. Um, so anything we can do just to kind of raise some awareness, I think, is awesome. Uh, so talk to us and tell me a bit more about kind of the charity you chose and, and why they're important to you. Yeah, so I chose Innocence Canada. So Innocence Canada is, is a non-for-profit that's main fundraising organization's goal is to 
uh, support those who have been wrongfully convicted or uh, provide legal services to low income person people in Canada who are mm-hmm. uh, who are facing trial. Um, Innocence Canada has also helped a lot of uh, innocent inmates who have never not committed a crime for various reasons, whether that's like race, poverty, um, et cetera. And I think it's really important to raise awareness for that. And um, to, to be honest, I really started doing my research in this organization when I read The Sun Does Shine, because yeah. I think we think that injustice happens primarily in the United States when you read books like this, um, mm-hmm. but really it happens in our own country. And I think it happens every day. And I think we really need to um, like fight for those who have different circumstances than what we're living in. So I think the charity does great work and that's why I decided to support it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Um, I think one of the things I, I love about this kind of segment of the podcast is I just get to learn about all these awesome organizations. Many of them I, I didn't know anything about. And I think it's, it's just really interesting, I think, to see what sort of causes uh, a person is, is passionate about. Um, so we'll make sure to, uh, to put the link to Innocence Canada in the, uh, in the show notes. So go check them out, donate if you're able to, and let's just spread the message a little bit more. Yes. Um, so we're going to kind of pivot the topic to leadership. Um, so talk to me a, a little bit about a leader that you've come across so far in your career, someone that's been, you know, really influential, um, and made an impact on your, uh, on your career. What was it, I guess, about that person? Um, what did you, is there anything you learned from their leadership style that you want to apply to your own? Yeah, I think the most influential leader I've had in my career is the former president of a company that I worked, um, that I, sorry, the president of a former company that I worked at. And she's the one who actually suggested that I get a little bit more business um, Mm -hmm. education. And if it wasn't for her, I I really don't think I would have applied to an MBA or put it on my radar. Yeah. Um, she, or she, she was very like uh, trusting with her employees. She gave me a lot of like big tasks. I got to actually put a present in front of the board of directors at a conference. And that was a really big deal for me because she showed yeah. that trust in me. So, and she always motivated everyone that worked for her through different ways. And she really got to know you on a one-on-one level and um, didn't use her title as a as the president to like deter anyone from having a conversation with her. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that. And I think the biggest thing for me in a leader is someone that can trust you and give you positive and negative feedback in a constructive way. And I think that she resembles an individual who does that. And for her, I I really hope that, you know, I can even be like half of the good leader that she is. So I'd say, I'd say her. Yeah. Awesome. Well, send her this podcast. Yes, I'm going to. Let her hear all the uh, the nice things you said. And um, I think that one of the key things that you mentioned, I think, is able to give both the positive and negative feedback. Um, Someone that's, you know, invested in your growth and wants to challenge you to be better. I think that challenger aspect is is a huge one. Um, And I think, yeah, someone who, you know, isn't just going to kind of tell you what you want to hear. Um, but sometimes tell you the things that you need to hear in order to, uh, to improve. So I think that's a, a huge thing about leadership that sometimes goes unnoticed. But mm-hmm. I think when I think about some of my biggest mentors or some of the biggest leaders that I've come across in my career, it's those people who, you know, force me to kind of think about challenges in a different way or approach problems in a different way. And, um, you know, just challenge me, I think, to, uh, to want to grow and learn more and just be a better version of myself. So I think that those are 
honestly, some of the most influential leaders um, that, that I've come across. And it seems like a similar experience for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Who, who would you say is your like one leader that you aspire to or that you really uh, enjoyed working under? Oh, there's so many. Um, I've, you know, I, I was lucky that, you know, I did a, like a co-op program in undergrad and, um, you know, worked for a few years after graduating for a, a couple different companies. So I feel like I've, I've come across um, a good chunk of leaders. I'd say that, you know, the one that, that stands out um, is probably the, my most recent manager uh, when I was working with Microsoft. He was the uh, like VP of my, the consumer team in Canada. Um, so I think he was, uh, his name's Travis. He's, uh, he's probably one of my, uh, my closest kind of mentors, um, throughout my time at Microsoft, just, yeah, challenging me to, I think, think of, think of new ways to approach problems, always kind of, um, encouraging me to, to take on new projects. And I think really just someone that was super invested in my growth and, um, I'll add another name to the list, Michelle, uh, she was the one I interviewed actually for my, uh, for that B650 interview project. Right. Um, but she was kind of a second manager I had there and, and just people, I think overall, I think the theme is people who are just invested in your growth, both personally and professionally. They were both my references for, uh, for the MBA program. Um, and just really, I think we're invested in my success, um, both within Microsoft and outside of it as well. So I'd say those two are, are probably big ones. Nice. Yeah. My, uh, the leader I was talking about, her name's Carol. Um, she was one of my references too, but yeah. I actually have, I'd say my second most influential leader slash mentor would be the, also the Michelle, her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also interviewed her for B650. Yeah. Um, but I think with her, it's more, she is always looking to, she's almost like an advocate for me without mm-hmm. me having to tell her, like she'll connect me to individuals. She always like goes out of her way to send me articles that she thinks might be useful for me or she just really generally cares. And I think that also speaks volume. hundred percent. I think that's a huge thing about a leader is like leadership doesn't have any boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're not just a leader, I think for, for an, or you're not just a leader, like within your nine to five job um, or within kind of the, the um, like the work environment. Um, like those, those small things, whether it's sending you articles or like being references for you or being sponsors for you when you're, you know, applying to jobs or looking to, um, maybe set up a networking call or something like that. Just like people who are really, I know, invest in your growth and will advocate for you. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge thing about leaders. And I think that's, um, one that has set, you know, some of the, some of the, um, most impactful leaders apart yeah. uh, from some of the others. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so that kind of ends, I guess, your segment of the podcast. Um, so you, you get to kind of put on the host hat for now. Uh, yes, a leadership question. So you got, you got an early one in, but if you have any other questions for me, now would be the time. Okay. Okay. My question for you is what is one book that you've read that you would say is one of your favorites? Oh, okay, cool. Um, so have you, I, I feel like I talked about this recently on the podcast as well. Um, but one of the most impactful books I've read over the last, I think I read it at the end of the summer, um, before I kind of started the MBA, but it was a uh, day one leadership by Drew Dudley. 
Um, I don't know if you've, have you ever seen the, the lollipop moment Ted talk? No. Okay. It's like a five or six minute Ted talk. It's one of my favorite Ted talks of all time. Um, but it's the same. So the author is the same person that, um, uh, did that Ted talk. And it really just talks about, I think how sometimes when we think of leadership, we, we, we blow it up to be this huge thing that like, Oh, only CEOs or leaders or only, you know, if you're president of an organization or like a government leader or something, but there's so many leaders in our individual lives, um, in our day-to-day lives that make such a huge impact. And yeah, it's the whole, the whole premise is like, we, we blow up leadership to be this whole thing. And we say that, Oh, well, one day I'll be a leader, but like, I'm not really a leader right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many things we can kind of do in our day-to-day life. And, um, like leadership is just like a muscle. Like there's things that you can do to kind of develop your leadership skills. So the whole book is kind of like a guide of, of how to develop your leadership, uh, skills. Um, and it's like the reason it's called day one is like today is day one of like your leadership journey. Um, and you can start today to kind of like build that thing, build your leadership experience. And you don't have to wait until you're in some manager position or, you know, later down the line, there's things that you can do every day to, uh, to help develop that. Um, so that's been, I think a really impactful book for me. Um, and one, I hundred percent recommend to, uh, to anyone. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched the Ted talk nor read the book. So I definitely going to add that on my list of books for 2021. Um, okay. I love that. Okay. Next question for you. Yeah. What is one goal you want to accomplish in 2021? It could be personal or professional. Ooh, one goal. If you could, or not like, what is it your, your one that you're striving to get like your most important in your opinion? Oh man. There's a, there's a few. You stumped me a little bit, Vivian. <laughs> yes. I take um, on the most hat. <laughs> that's the, uh, I feel like that's the sign of a good question when it makes me pause and, and think a little bit. Um, I think one goal that I, I've really, it's something that I've worked on for, for a little bit, um, but I want to kind of continue doing is just get, get more comfortable public speaking. I think this podcast has been a good way for me to do that, but I want to continue to push myself to do more and more of that. Um, like I, I recently, um, McMaster offered an improv class. So like I signed up for that to help challenge myself to do that. Um, I'd love to do something like Toastmasters or, you know, stuff, I think just to help develop that skill set. So that's, I think one of my goals for this year, um, that I've, you know, I, I started last semester with the podcast. I, I'm continuing on this semester with improv and like something that I just want to continue, uh, building. So I'd say that's, that's kind of a goal for me is just to kind of develop my, my personal, my public speaking ability. Nice. There's also a really great um, thing that you can, a course that you can take called Speaker Labs in Toronto. Okay. Um, I actually bid on them for a silent auction at Zen Kids a couple of years ago when I took their class and it was, it was great. How they approached public speaking was nothing like I've ever seen for a course. So maybe look into that as well. But, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. I think uh, can, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say another thing that kind of goes goes along with this. I've always wanted to take um, like a stand up comedy class, um, like uh, what is it? Second City offers uh, offers a few of those, um, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of other kind of organizations that offer that. But that's another another thing that I wanted to challenge myself to do um, in 2021. And I think again, just get more comfortable speaking. The big thing I think for me is just thinking on my feet. I think that's the skill that I want to try and develop more. Um, so yeah, those are, those are a couple. 
Yeah, I think the podcast definitely though, you know, you you think on your feet. I listened to so many of your episodes and just like conversation is so genuine. I think that you're really building on that skill set. So you're on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. And I would say this is the most important question of them all. What is one non-negotiable condiment that you need to have on your burger? Non-negotiable. Yeah. Ooh. Um, it depends. So it, it definitely depends on, so it depends on kind of what other toppings are on my burger. Um, but I like almost always have like some form of chipotle. Nice. Uh, so chipotle mayo. We're going to get along. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a, like a go-to it's like ketchup, like on most of the time, but sometimes the ketchup just clashes. Same with mustard. Like I, I like it most of the time, but depending on what else is going on my burger, uh, I might not want mustard, but chipotle is like almost always a yes. So okay. yeah, I'll you can't trust that. anyone who eats their burger plain. Oh, not a, not a chance. My favorite thing is, uh, have you ever been to the works? Yes. So I think there's, there's one burger there that I always, uh, I always remember, I think it was called the bad first date. And it's just like, like the plain burger that <laughs> literally has nothing on it. I think it's just ketchup. Like if that's what, uh, your, your significant other date is, uh, ordering, then, uh, I don't know, maybe not the best decision. Perhaps just call it a night already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Separate checks and just go your own way. <laughs> I know. Honestly, uh, also burger priest. Burger. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've tried good. it. It's good stuff. So good. Um, what, it, what would be your go-to condiment is it also Chipotle. I would say I can't eat a burger without having grilled mushrooms. Ooh. Okay. It doesn't even matter what other toppings are in there. Grilled mushrooms. Just grilled mushrooms. Add that on. Yeah. Awesome. I like, oh, that's a good one too. I want, okay. Grilled mushrooms and Chipotle. That sounds like a solid burger right there. So good. Looking forward to uh, the summer barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait until we get to be in person. Honestly, it'll be a, I think that's, that's one of the, well, yes, it's definitely the big thing that I think all of us are missing out on, but it's not necessarily the classes for me. Like, yes, it would be so much better doing a class in person than it is kind of doing it on Zoom. But I feel like it's those small things like going out for a drink after an exam or like hanging out in a coffee shop or um, like having a going to a park or like having a barbecue or like just those small things that you kind of miss out on. And I think that really make the make a significant impact on the MBA experience. Um, so I, I cannot wait until we're able to kind of do that again. Oh, me too. Or even just suffering for exam season together. And yeah, you know, hundred <laughs> percent all studying together at the RJC, like all that stuff. So yeah. one day, one day faith. soon, fingers crossed for the fall. Yeah. fall. Fall term, we'll be back in person. That's it. <laughs> we'll have our last eight months in person and then it's, it'll be perfect. Yes. Awesome, Vivian. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. Had a, had a really fun time chatting with you. If someone has questions, if they want to reach out to you, if they are itching for a book recommendation, um, how, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, honestly, just text me or connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. I'd be more than happy to share. I have like a, a Word document with all the books I read and how and them starred and the percentage that I would recommend. So I can always send that to anyone who's interested. Awesome. You should start. Is it, um, Heather's picks? Is that the one that's, uh, uh was it Indigo? Or, yeah. For Heather's. Yeah. I should start with yeah. Vivian's picks, right? You should, you should hundred percent Vivian's picks. I would, uh, I would, uh, I would definitely check out a few of those books. I'm going to ask you to send over that word document <laughs> and it'll yeah, be a good kind of reading list well. for me. 
I will definitely. Awesome. So thank you again, Vivian, for joining the podcast. Again, it was a, it was a blast chatting with you. I really enjoyed kind of learning more about your background, especially since, you know, we, we work together in, in group projects, but haven't had a chance, I think, to really sit down and, and connect um, outside of kind of the core coursework. So I'm really happy we kind of got a chance to do this. Yes. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I can't wait to, uh, to share the link to everyone so they can listen. Yeah. hundred percent. It's going to get to uh, the top of the charts. So I'm yeah. looking forward to We're it. Coming for 500 views. Okay. Let's there go. you go. I like it. I love it. Um, awesome, Vivian. Thanks again. And uh, take care. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Building Digital Community, or you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Chirag24. I'll see you next time. Take care and stay safe.